0: Hello and welcome to Case Reopen, the number one Detective Conan rewatch podcast. I'm your host Tyler Treese, and joining me as always is Colleen. Today we're Hello. Covering... Oh, okay. Today we're covering a two-part <laughs> episode. It's the Blind Spot in the Darkness, Part One and Part Two. We started Episode 170, which originally aired November 29th, 1999. We're gonna be introduced to a new character, Colleen. How exciting is that? Although I guess we don't really know they're gonna reoccur really from this case, but they wind up playing a prominent role, somewhat.
1: Yeah, I was definitely surprised uh, when this character came back. I thought he was like the rest of the kind of one-shot characters.
0: So the Conan's hint going into this episode is fuse box. I'm sure you remembered that.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I always remember the Conan's hint for the first part. <laughs> no, that's a lie.
0: So, just uh, up front, the fan translation was not the greatest for this episode, so uh, there might be some wonky wording here. Uh, Conan says, today at the hospital. It's not a hospital, bro. It's like a home <laughs> practice. Um, and there's a big surprise for Kogoro. Ron's acting kind of weird, too.
1: What was the big surprise for Kogoro? Oh my I god. I guess it was his diagnosis, but <laughs> other <Yeah>. than that.
0: <laughs> He's going to die in six months. I just noticed in my notes I wrote Rachel instead of oh. Ron. <laughs> the very first awesome. mention. Uh, the episode begins with Conan calling Ron on a payphone and using his voice changing bow tie to sound like Shinichi. It's so funny that he has to use it to sound like himself.
1: Yeah, I love that. He just looks so funny, too, walking down the road, talking into a phone. Well, he's not walking in this particular scene, but yeah, just the idea of having to use his bow tie. It's hilarious.
0: He says he won't get back soon, and there's nothing he can do about it. However, Ron ends the call abruptly, as she has something to do, and tells him not to get a cold, as it's been chilly lately. So ron who's always like oh shinichi doesn't call me where is he she's hanging up on your boy Colleen. is this rude what do you think
1: oh i thought it was so funny and especially because shinichi was also bothered by it he's like well usually she's like all whiny and like calling out for me what's going on yeah i just loved uh, this dynamic that was going on
0: Conan walks back and says that something has been up with Ron lately. She hasn't been talking about Shinichi. She cuts conversation short and she goes out every afternoon late at night. Ron says she has karate practice, but Conan is suspicious due to her unusually happy attitude. Why is this? He's like, why is she happy? Ew.
1: I know, right? She can't be happy. I'm not around. She's
0: supposed to be miserable that I'm gone. We jump forward to Kogoro telling his daughter that he's been going to the hospital because his body has been feeling slightly weak. Karen says Kogoro likely just drank too much, however Kogoro says his doctor told him to bring his family with him to get the results.
1: I love that Ron's been so out of the loop because she's been going to quote-unquote karate practice that she doesn't even know that her own father's been going to the hospital or for medical appointments.
0: Yeah, they arrive, and the doctor Yoshiteru Arate arrives, and he says, Another half a year more? I know you feel bad about this, but at least for another half a year. And Kagura is like, Doctor, you gotta be more kind, I can't believe I only have half a year to live, how can you say it so bluntly? And they're all overreacting, and the doctor's like, oh, I just wanted you to not drink for half a year, you have too much alcohol in your blood. <laughs>
1: that's surprisingly translated rather well i found because I, I i'm always weary of uh like the timing of certain jokes but this one worked out
0: yoshiteru says he had koguro bring his family along as he knows an alcoholic like koguro needs support he's about to allow koguro to minimize his alco- alcohol input but ron gladly says that he'll give up alcohol completely uh I don't think so, Ron. I don't think... that
1: chance.
0: We've seen the last of Keguro getting drunk during episodes. Yoshitiru's wife, Yoko, then interrupts and says that her husband has a call from Sugita, who wants him to stop by. He calls her a bothersome patient, and then leaves the room. And she says, Patient! He's all talk, knowing that it's his lover. She then realizes that she said it aloud, and she like, kind of pretends like she didn't say it, and she says, Keguro, Oh... He won't be long, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, so we're already getting a little bit of a backstory here. Maybe this doctor isn't such a swell guy.
0: Well, we pretty much learned from that, uh, yeah, his wife's gonna kill.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, it was pretty obvious, right? Like, I remembered the case, um, but I I wish I remembered what I thought the first time I watched it, because I wasn't sure if, uh if I thought it was as obvious.
0: Ron then asks her to go to the washroom as the public one was out of service. She gets lost on the way as the house is so big and that's when she bumps into the son of the family, Tamaaki. He drops his papers and they accidentally grab each other's hands while picking them up. They trade introductions and we learn that Tamaaki is also a doctor who splits patients with his father. However, next month he's transferring to Amori Hospital. What do you think about this? Touching hands, how romantic! Colleen, is this the, the is this who you're shipping together?
1: Uh, no, I'm afraid not. Maybe there are shippers out there for these two, but uh, I'm not one of them. I thought uh, if they really wanted to play up some sort of quasi romance, that pause would have been a little longer. We would have gotten a little bit more background music, some blushing from both of them, but none of that happened. It was uh, kind of like you know a faint. <laughs> It was like a fake kind of touching moment to make us think that something was there when it's actually not. But it really worked on uh, Conan.
0: Oh, boy. (laughs) He gets so jealous this episode.
1: It's pretty hilarious.
0: We then hear a vase drop, and Yoshitura yells at the housemaid Hikaru Yasumoto. He says that she asked to be the housemaid here, so she should act like a proper one. Tomaaki asks his father to calm down and says this isn't good for his heart. Ishtera then gives her a stern warning and says that she'll be fired if she does it again. As Kegura finishes his appointment, the doctor remarks that he should live a long life, especially since he happens to have the same name as the famous detective. Kegura is then like, I'm the famous (laughs) detective, and Ron and Conan are both pointing at him as he like gleefully laughs.
1: You know what, for a split second, I thought he was talking about somebody else. I like, I actually thought that he was um, referring to, um, like whoever Kogro is named after, I guess. But uh, yeah, that was. I, I quickly realized. No, okay, I, I see what's happening here.
0: Yoshiteru is surprised and says he fell for Kogor's act, as he must have been pretending to not know anything about medicine.
1: <laughs> what a diss!
0: I love how everybody's like, "Oh, Kogor is acting dumb because he's actually so smart." Reminds me of the, the Simpsons episode where Bart, like, cheats on the IQ test and everybody thinks he's a genius and doing bad at school because he's just bored. It's not that he's stupid. He's a genius. That's why he's doing poorly.
1: Yeah. Same goes for Kogro. He just doesn't want to give away that he's a genius because, you know, everyone else to be jealous.
0: Yeah, so the doctor's like, "Oh, come to dinner with me. I'd love to talk medicine with you." And Conan's like, "Uh, uh, I have a lot of homework, and Ron has karate practice." And but Ron's like, "No, yeah, you know what? I can miss a practice. Let's have dinner." She's uh, she's very pushy on this, Colleen.
1: Yeah, it's a little surprising because if Ron actually had karate practice, I don't think she would miss it. And it was sort of. You know, our first clue as to okay, she's definitely uh, going somewhere and um, like that she can easily get out of, I would assume. Otherwise, she wouldn't have agreed so quickly to this uh, dinner invitation.
0: During their meal, they learn that Tamaki is the head graduate from Toto University. Kagura then jokes about Tamaki taking Ron as his wife, which causes her to blush. Yoko agrees and says that they'd be a perfect fit, which causes him to blush as well. Oh, Claim, dear. they're blushing. Uh-oh. They're blushing.
1: My theory is coming to life.
0: Hikaru accidentally touches the hot pot while cooking, and the son asks Yoko if she's okay for dinner as she had previous plans. She then goes to call who she was going to meet, and Koguro continues selling Ron to the man saying that they could work together as they'd be like Holmes and Watson. Tamaki asks him to stop, and says that he never thought a detective and a doctor was a good pairing anyhow, since a doctor's objective isn't to deduct, but to save the lives of the individuals hurt by the culprit. Conan kind of makes a wisecrack, saying, looking at that, I guess it makes one wonder who's Holmes and who's Watson. <laughs> Ron, why aren't you laughing?
1: I'm so funny, Ron. Don't you like my highbrow sense of humor?
0: Yeah, and Ron's just staring at Tomoaki instead, and Conan feels neglected.
1: I would have thought Conan would have taken offense to Tomoaki's comment, being, you know, the Holmes fan that he is.
0: He's too obs- he's too obsessed with Ron to get offended and defend uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's honor. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, this is doing him some good because for the last little while he's thought that Ron's just going to be always there for him and uh he wouldn't have to worry about anybody else but no i think a little jealousy is going to do shinichi well
0: kager wonders where yoshitera is but tamaki's grandmother mitsu says yoshitera always takes a bath before dinner having a bath before anybody else and don't have the water dirty <laughs> <laughs> she's uh she's just grumbling here about her bathing ways. And Kegra says that the first in the bath is to be admired as the backbone of a family. And she says What backbone? He's a small doctor that acts a big deal about it. In this house the only one that is connected by blood with me is only you, my grandson. And even you are leaving after this final month. You asked me to die Granny's like a buzzkill. Oh, my goodness.
1: She reminds me of the other grandmother that we um watched not too long ago. I think it was the, the spider web case.
0: Yeah. <laughs> these grannies got a lot added. Yeah. She says she's refusing dinner as she doesn't want to eat with these outsiders.
1: Oh, well, didn't that grandmother also decide to not eat dinner with everybody?
0: Yeah, suspicious. Maybe they're the same grandmother.
1: Right? Or at least some sort of cousins or sisters, maybe?
0: Tamaki apologizes for her behavior and says that his grandma has been in a bad mood ever since his father changed the fire-heated tub to a shower room. The maid's about to serve tea when the power goes out. Conan notices that the neighbors still have power and we hear a loud breaking noise. Yoko asks if everybody's okay while on the phone and Tamaki finds a flashlight. He then has the maid check on the breaker. Sounds like it's raining outside, and that's when we see the lights flicker back on. Ron is then seen holding Tomaaki's arm as she thought it was her father, which irritates (laughs) Conan. and he's like, how'd you think it was him?
1: Right, Ron. Great excuse.
0: The granny asks what's going on, and Tomaaki says they should check on his father. Yoko and the maid go to make sure he's alright, but they both scream moments later. They rush to the bathroom, and they find the doctor unconscious in the bathtub. Huh, what do you think happened, Colleen?
1: Oh, I thought he was just taking a nap with his eyes open.
0: Oh, ah, okay. He should be fine then.
1: He fell asleep in the tub,
0: yeah. is about to touch the body, but Conan stops him. He notices that an electrical plug is plugged in, and that he would get electrocuted as well if he touched him. They then find out that his electric razor fell into the tub... Tomoki says he'll perform CPR and tells his and tells Yoko to get the heart medicine and he tells Hikaru to call an ambulance Koguro, uh Koguro also tells her to call the police So uh, he thinks oh, okay, he can yeah. save him but this is Conan and people don't get saved they die
1: Wow <laughs> I mean you're not wrong and Koguro, uh yeah, Kogoro doesn't think that this guy's gonna live. He's like, you know, might as well call the police while you're at it.
0: Yeah, I've trust me, I've seen a lot of dead bodies. They kinda followed me.
1: <laughs> trust me, I've seen a suicide before.
0: Kind of notes that the extension cord shocked him to death, and that the he used and that he used the mirror above the tub while shaving. Kind finds it odd that he'd shave while bathing, and that's when he has a revelation. Later, the police arrive, and Takagi informs the family that unfortunately Yoshiteru has passed away.
1: Wah-wah. Well, that's too bad. He was such a great guy. You know, so faithful to his wife. So loved by his... his... Uh... <laughs> so faithful and uh, so loved by his mother-in-law. Yeah, that's... yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Yoku says that his habit was to shave up in the bath when he had guests. The mirror also had a special coating on it to prevent it from fogging up. Tamaoki says his father loved baths and would get one every morning and before supper each day. The granny laughs and says he brought this upon himself. He didn't listen to Chiaki's warnings, so God struck him down. This may be a a message sent from the other world from Chiaki. That's when Tomaaki has to explain that Chiaki is his mother, that she died four years ago in a car accident, So I like how she's, she's so happy that her dead daughter's husband is now dead and she wants to, like, put the blame on her dead daughter. Or I guess not even the blame, but the praise on her dead daughter for finally killing this asshole that got rid of her stove, her stove bath, and (laughs) And now she has a shower.
1: Yeah, because before that, like, she tolerated him like okay my daughter likes this guy loves him whatever they built a family together but after he replaced that bathroom like that's when it all went downhill from there for granny
0: she had always told him not to keep the cord on while he shaved and yoko is his second wife and she was actually in the same nursing school as chiaki inspector meguri believes that yoshiteru accidentally dragged the cord into the tub when the power went out and died kind of then yells extremely loudly and we see takagi who is demonstrating how shaving with the cord would look like falls into the bath he hits his head
1: he's kind of a jerk here um a little bit uh like i I still find it funny but conan uh i don't know if it was just like he was in a sour mood with but with everything that was happening with the B plot with Ron, but uh, yeah, he starts out with this. Then he does other little, like jerk things that are supposed to help the the police, like with clues or whatnot. But I don't know. He was he was doing it in such a way that rather than just being obvious about it and t- and talking to them, he like egged them on a little bit. I gotta
0: say, how nice is it, is it just to have a B-plot? Like, that's so rare and kind usually it's just, oh, we're dealing with the case and nothing else is really happening, but here we have, like, a, you know, something connecting that's not really completely relevant to the case that's, like, going on in the background. Like, I felt like it made the episode so much more interesting. I wish we had more stuff like that.
1: Oh, totally. Absolutely agree with you. Like, anything, especially since the B-plot was about Shinichi and Ron's relationship, that was really neat to see. And uh, I would argue that the bigger mystery was what was going on with Ron, because we're pretty sure that it's the wife that did her husband in. So, now what's going on with Ron?
0: Yeah, for sure. And Ron yells at Conan not to make trouble, but the boy says his head's all confused and he feels like it's going to break apart. He then asks why Yoshitiro didn't fall on this side of the tub that Takagi just did, but rather the opposite. Kogoro takes off his socks and says, I'll show you. <laughs> he enters the bathtub, pretends to notice the cord as it was about to fall, and he pulls it towards him by accident, and he hits the handlebar. Connor then accuses Koguro, Takagi, and even Officer Tome, who he calls the analysis guy, of pulling a prank. Angry Keguro asks him what he's talking about, and Kenan says the power button on the shaver is turned off. They're all shocked to notice that, find it strange as it should still be on. They then turn it on and realize that it has power despite not being plugged in, as there's a chargeable battery. So there'd be no real reason to be shaving with it corded if it has a chargeable battery and it's charged.
1: That's right. Um... I don't know if the doctor knew that, like, <laughs> because even when you think about how the trick went out, went went down, he still didn't need the cord. Like, I guess she would have, sorry, the culprit would have had to like put the cord in to make it work. Yeah. Anyways, um, it it might have been. This could have been prevented because we know that that it's a chargeable shaver.
0: Conan then says the killer didn't want the sound of the razor being heard. Takagi believes it was so that Yoshiteru wouldn't notice that the murderer put it in the tub. Megri calls Takagi an idiot and says that the victim would still notice. And Kogura says everybody has an alibi. So, poor Takagi taking a physical and mental beating this episode.
1: Uh, yeah, it's the first of many. Takagi just kind of becomes the, the guinea pig.
0: Kenan brings up the lights flickering when they came back on. Kegar asks the maid if she raised the breaker twice. She apologizes and says she raised the wrong switch or something the first time, and another one fell when she pushed the lever up. Kegar whispers to Megary and says that the second one is a short circuit shutdown system, and that there could be a timer that automatically lowers the breaker at a specified time. When the lights were out, somebody could have secretly put the shaver in the bathtub. The four suspects are Tomaaki, the maid, Yoko, and the feisty grandmother.
1: Mm, It's not granny. It can't be granny. I know she has a grudge, but...
0: Meguri gets everybody's alibis again, and they learn that Yoko was on the phone the entire time talking to her friend. She also received a second call during that time, but when she picked it up, there was no answer, so she hung up. Tomaaki says he fetched the flashlight... And uh, he was in the kitchen with Ron holding onto him the entire time. A jealous Conan asked Ron why she held him the entire time. And she's like, I (laughs) thought it was my dad. Why are you asking? Jeez.
1: No, it's because he was holding that flashlight like an expert.
0: As for the granny, she had reached the top of the stairs when the lights turned off. She then returned to her room on the second floor. When the lights came back on, she came downstairs as she sensed somebody inside the house. She chased that feeling down the stairs... And found that the noise she heard was due to the rain. Classic grandma.
1: <laughs> Meguri uh, was so uh, annoyed at that too. Just remember his face going like, "Oh, okay."
0: Finally, Karu ran to the breaker to raise it, but she got lost as she's new to the house. She didn't see anybody, and then Temaaki notices her clutching her arm. He then lifts up her sleeve and finds a burn mark. He says he noticed her holding her arm for a while and that she tried to endure the pain. He then takes her to the checkup room to perform treatment. Before they leave, Megri asks why Tomaaki was away from 5 to 7 p.m. And That's when he says, Oh, I'm the high school basketball team's replacement coach, because the actual guy broke a bone. And he's like, wrong, can confirm. And she's like, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this This was like... It felt like there was more build-up than what the actual result was. Like, I thought Ron was staring at him because of this. Like, oh, okay, that's where I recognize this guy from. But it had nothing to do with that.
0: Well, Conan, in his mind, Ron has been going to practice every single day just to see Aki there. Yeah. That's how the episode ends. Yeah. Drama.
1: Oh, yeah, high school drama, for once.
0: So, Yeah. Uh, The next kind of intent is burn injury. And Shinichi says, damn, Ron's feelings are. And then Ron interrupts. She goes, huh? You were here, Shinichi? Didn't even notice you. I'm too busy looking at (laughs) Toma.
1: Wow, Ron's really like, I don't know. What has happened? She's trying to move on, I guess. Shinichi's just like, no, hold up. Wait a minute. I'm still here.
0: So what do you think of part 1? Like uh like we said the murderer's kind of obvious here, but we do have a very interesting B plot here uh with Ron and Tamaaki. Will they make sweet love? What'll happen here? So what do you think?
1: Yeah, I was definitely uh interested in the B plot slightly more um for the mystery, I guess. Um I couldn't for the life of me remember what was up with Ron, why she was staring at uh, Tamaki. Um, but I knew like that whatever she was doing after school or like whatever in the evenings, it was totally innocent and that she was still loyal to Shinichi or whatnot, so his uh, jealousy and his uh, suspicions were unfounded. Um, it was just kind of <laughs> enjoyable. It was amusing to watch Conan squirm a little bit because uh, usually he's a pretty confident guy, right? But yeah, Ron, sorry, her type is not the nice, kind, smart doctor. No, no, no. she's into the conceited detective, so he has nothing to worry about. Um, the the other part of the case, uh, I, I guess the, it's still intriguing enough uh, to f- figure out how it was done, because it just seems like everybody has an alibi right now, so you're like, okay, who did it? And everyone... Apart from, I guess the wife uh, and maybe the son. I guess everyone sort of has a motive except for those two. Um, like I could see Granny wanting to get the guy, to, like get rid of the guy. I could see the maid because he's been kind of verbally abusive to her. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's so far. I think it it was very it was very interesting.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed the episode, I thought it started off on a really strong uh, track with the Ron plot, and we had some good comedy moments with Kogoro thinking he's gonna die in six months, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of good comedy, uh, then we had somebody die, and I was like, damn, who did that? And I was like, probably the wife, because woman, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I wasn't sure how she did it, she was on the phone the entire time, because women love to talk on the phone, Colleen,
1: Oh, obviously. Well, 75% of the culprits in this case were women, so chances were that it was going to be a woman this time around.
0: (laughs) You're not wrong. So yeah, I enjoyed the first part. I was excited to watch part two. But before we get to that, I want to give thanks to our patrons. Uh, We just had a Patreon episode go up the latest Magic Kaido special and there was a witch involved calling and if you only watch Detective Conan you might not know that the Magic Kaido series that stars our favorite phantom thief actually gets a bit weird that they have supernatural elements that we don't see in Conan so it's a very different look so we shared all of our thoughts on that so there's a lot to look forward to I guess I should actually thank our patrons Uh, our patron supporters so i just started rambling uh shout out to medium-sized jeffrey ryan self spencer young william lee and big chief mason we all appreciate the support colleen what'd you think about uh give us give us your short sell on the latest magic kaito special
1: yeah well uh if you want to swoon over kaito some more uh that's definitely one episode to. or the hot
0: snake witch
1: or yeah the hot snake witch but uh just there's something uh... for everybody (laughs) yeah totally oh it's also a valentine's episode so anybody who's interested in that definitely check that out
0: so let's move on to episode 171 the blind spot in the darkness part two this originally aired december 6th 1999 Karin says, solve the mystery by looking into people's hearts. I want to find out Ron's feelings as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's really preoccupied with this Ron thing.
0: The second part begins with Tomoki telling his grandmother to come to the checkup room as well, as he's noticed that she's trying to hide something is wrong with her foot. He then finds a wound on her foot and she says she stepped on something weird when coming downstairs. Takagi then confirms that Yoko received a second phone call and that the blackout only lasted about a minute. Yoko offers to help treat the grandmother, but since Takagi wants to question her about the phone call more, Ron offers to help. Takagi says their stories match and that the second call only took 6 or 7 seconds. Megari then asks to see the blueprints of the house and figures that it'd take less than a minute to turn on the breaker. However, Yoko explains that Hikaru only recently came into the house and isn't used to it yet. Conan notes that Tomaaki, said Hikaru, always tries to endure too much upon herself. And Yoko explains that Tomaaki looked after Hikaru when he was a university student. She was his patient, and we learned that her bladder almost burst since she held it in too long. But what does this mean, Colin? Was she not peeing? And, like, what? What is this? What did this mean? I was I confused. Guess. I was like, girl, just pee. Why aren't you peeing?
1: This might have been a translation issue, because it, it kind of sounds like maybe she had appendicitis, but the person didn't put appendix, they put no, bladder.
0: It, it, no, what it sounds like is that she had to pee real bad, and <laughs> it, it's so funny because they're like, oh, she was so indebted <laughs> to um tomaki that she chose to serve this house, and it's like, what, because she pissed herself? Like, what?
1: What happened here? Had you just gone to the bathroom like you know anybody else, you wouldn't have to be in debt. You did not have to serve this family at all, or like sh- the maybe
0: appendicitis sh- would certainly make more yeah. sense. But I like to think she peed herself. So.
1: Maybe it's because the service bathroom or whatever the bathroom that most people are supposed to use, like the public bathroom, was uh, was out of service, just like Ron had said. They never f- ended up fixing that bathroom because they were spending too much money renovating the old tub
0: so due to that favor she decided to work here after Yoko requested help and she then says that it was a shame that chiaki had to do this all by herself Yoko then reveals that chiaki died while after driving drunk that she always had a low tolerance for liquor she shows the police where the grandma's room is upstairs Meguri is surprised that an elderly woman would be put in the second floor. Yoko explains that the grandma loves the view there and that she could see the yard from the room. Karu's room is also right next to it, just in case anything should happen. Kogura then whispers to Meguri about a wireless phone being a possibility. Kogura is actually, like, pretty on the ball here, surprisingly. Do you think Conan really had to knock him out?
1: Um, no, maybe not uh even Kogoro's earlier uh suggestion of how the guy like basically turned around and hit his head on the bar and that's why he was facing the other way rather than the way that Takagi did in the demonstration like even that was perfectly plausible so i don't know Kogoro isn't doing so bad actually this time around
0: i think it's because he hasn't been drinking
1: <laughs> right the, imagine like what a difference it makes
0: what if alcohol is not the reason why like He's all feeling weak and stuff, and it's just a repeated knocking out. Maybe (laughs) Kogor's darts have some alcohol on it, and that's why it's so deep in his bloodstream.
1: I Oh my god, that would have been so good if they added that element in. Because obviously that would take some sort of toll on his body. So he's probably like, oh, you know, I've been feeling kind of sleepy lately.
0: So Conan then suggests that they do a reenactment. And they have everybody, they tell everybody to go back to their location after Ron bandages the grandma's foot. Tamaki's impressed by her skills, and she says that she has a lot of practice since there was a brat that always got himself hurt when she was younger. Referring to a little small, little kid Shinichi. Not baby Shinichi. Kid
1: Shinichi, not not baby Shinichi. Oh, this is so cute. Like, everything Ron does in her life is based around Shinichi.
0: Ron then somehow accidentally hurts her hand. I have no clue. I rewound this 20 times. Uh, how'd she cut her hand or something?
1: Oh, what happened here? Oh, okay. I'm not. Uh, I don't remember. Okay. She cut her. So she was uh, cutting the grandma's band aid, like. Because it was all in a wrap, and I, I think she cut it on the scissors.
0: Oh, okay. Gotcha. And so Tamaki inspects it, and he holds her hand for a shockingly long amount of time.
1: <laughs> okay, did you think that he was, like, coming on to her a little bit, maybe?
0: Well, like father, like son.
1: Oh, dear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, I did not. He seems like a nice... Son. Plus, there's a weird... We know Japan with the, <laughs> the age you consider and all. But well, there's quite the age range here. She's, like, 16, and he's, like, what, 25 or something? Yeah,
1: yeah. So, I mean, he's you know ready to get married if she wants to she...
0: yeah so he's like oh I'll just clean this put a band-aid on it you'll be fine when ron uh when conan opens the door ron is blushing and tamaki is still holding onto her hand we then hear an inner monologue from ron as she says i'm so stupid why am i thinking at a time at, like this oh i love him tamaki you're so hot she says that uh, <laughs>
1: oh okay i guess i missed that part i just got, i just caught the first part
0: i thought they did a good job of keeping her comments vague enough that like you could believe that she's kind of like oh why am i thinking about hooking up with this guy and his dad just died oh and like but no it's something way dumber yeah
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it was good um i mean if it it didn't, uh, like, pull the wool over my eyes, but I couldn't remember what the actual it, thing did was. Did it pull
0: the sweater over your head, yeah, Golly? Okay.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, you caught on to my pun.
0: Conan takes a look at the breaker and Ron warns him to watch his step as he's standing near where Hikaru broke the vase earlier, which helps Conan have a revelation. The police begin their reenactment and they have the maid go toward the breaker. However, it only takes her 34 seconds, and Karagor says that if you use the yard, you can go behind Yoko to get to the bathroom. Tamaki argues everybody has an alibi, and this is a useless exercise. Conan says only one of them has a complete alibi, and that of the three left. One is clearly the most suspicious. Conan then stumbles upon a piece of the vase, and he finds a red substance on it. He then finds a mark that has been burned off. He sniffs it and then checks a room and finds the evidence that he wanted to narrow down the killer. So he's figured it out.
1: How did you feel about this? Because you're you're not really a fan of, well, I, I don't know if any, any of us are, but you're not a fan of where Conan's, like, opening the closet and we don't actually see what he sees.
0: Well, my bigger issue is that I feel like we never have any actual conclusive evidence that the wife killed the guy. Uh, by the end of it but we'll get to that in a shortly here because I don't know something about these cases when we revisit them I'm like wait you didn't actually that's that's not really evident <laughs> like that, that doesn't work
1: yeah when I when watching it you're just like oh yeah sure that works but sure analyzing is a whole different story.
0: kagura demonstrates that it only takes 10 seconds to run the courtyard. Kind of then knocks out Kagura while it's outside and it's raining and he's just sitting near a bush, which is not a very <laughs> like optimal place to do your deduction. And he then <laughs> Kagura like Conan has Kagura. He's like, uh, uh, "Pull my back, can you ca- carry me to the bath? <laughs> <laughs> can you, uh, uh, Megary, Can you give me a piggyback ride?" <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, why did they cut that scene out? <laughs> I would have loved to have seen Ray carry Koguro.
0: This is so ridiculous. Why didn't he just lure kogro into the bathroom or something first? And, like, there's no reason.
1: <laughs> no time for that. Here.
0: Like, it's so ridiculous how nobody ever notices that Koguro is, like, legit asleep. <laughs> like, yeah. his mouse never moving. <laughs> suddenly he can't, like, use his legs. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) And this puts into question how Conan's able to move him other times, because there are times where he, like, knocks him out in a completely different room, and then Kogro ends up doing the deduction in, like, a chair in some other place. So, like, what's going on there?
0: Well, he has his elastic suspenders, he gets a lot of use out of those (laughs) off-screen.
1: Okay, and he couldn't do it here, obviously, so... He just gets Megri to carry Kogoro.
0: Can you please give me a piggyback ride? I'll owe you one. And is like, I do love piggyback rides. You got it, Kogoro.
1: Well, by the way, why aren't your lips moving? <laughs>
0: Kennedy then sets everything in motion by telling the suspects that Kuger wants to take a bath and conduct some experiments, as one does. Hey, I'm gonna take a bath that your dead husband just died in.
1: <laughs> is that cool? Okay. Okay,
0: I didn't think there'd be an issue.
1: That that is really weird. I mean I get that he's trying to recreate the the murder or whatever, but uh yeah, it's just odd.
0: Yoko says that all the police officers left, and Conan says that that's a pity as Koguro is gonna begin his deduction show after the bath. 20 minutes pass, and Granny calls Kogoro a mustachioed idiot.
1: <laughs> you go, Granny.
0: <laughs> the lights then go out, and Yoko asks the maid to take a look at the breaker. The lights then come back on before she can reach it, and the maid finds Takagi there. When the lights flash on, Kogro then finds Yoko standing there with the razor in her hand. And she, he says, you're the murderer. Tomahaki realizes this was all a trap. And he finds Meguri blocking the door there. And he's trying to get in. But he's like, yo, this is a, we're investigating a crime scene, my dude. Yeah, no piggyback for you. No piggyback. Yuka says she heard Koguro was going to do experiments. So she was just checking on him. And she, like, puts the razor back. She's like, you didn't see this. <laughs> I had enough no. Kagura says that she was going to kill him and claimed to have found the body. He says that Yoko set up the power outage with a timer. She then used her pen light to get to the bathroom and then put the extension cord into the bathtub. Then, when the breaker was turned on, her husband was killed. She stayed on the call by switching to a cordless phone. She then used a cell phone to call the house to make it look like another call came in. How many phones does this woman have? (laughs) She's like, well, I've got my main phone, my branch phone, my cell phone, (laughs) got my air ring phone, my sushi uh, fax machine, my bento box fax machine, uh, and my beeper. My
1: pen light phone.
0: And uh, when she entered the bath, she blinded her husband with her pen light while pretending to check on him, and that's why he didn't see the cord going to the bath. I like that they included that detail. I thought that was kind of clever.
1: Yeah. um, Because it's believable, right? Like. Yep. Yep. I I, bet, like, the little details always help out.
0: It's also believable that, like, women like to talk. So, (laughs) like, I could buy that she was just talking on the phone the whole time.
1: Imagine what, she, like, this had to have taken some great multitasking because she was talking on the phone with her friend about, whatever, the reunion, and she was able to kill somebody at the same time.
0: I, I think that's why, like, all the murderers on the show are women? Because men suck at multitasking. <laughs> I, I can't do that much shit at the same time, but like a woman? Oh, easy.
1: I can't tell if that's praise or something else.
0: I mean, it's impressive, but they also have a, they use this skill to a murderous way, you know? She then returned to the kitchen and switched to the regular phone. Her husband died when the breaker was flipped by the maid. Yoko asked for proof. He says the phone was meant to create her alibi, but she made a miscalculation as it took Hikaru longer than expected to raise the breaker. However, she didn't get lost. The real reason that it took so long was the bowl shard. Turns out that Hikaru broke another bowl when the lights went out, and since she was threatened with being fired, she hid it in another room before going to the breaker. That shard is also what caused the wound on the grandmother's foot. That proves both their alibis and Tomaaki was being held. So by a process of elimination, she's the only one who could have committed the murder. Now, do you think that, like, plays? Like, well, they couldn't have done it, so I guess... <laughs> it's, it's not, like, conclusive, you know? just like, I mean, it's just like, well, you could have. And she's like, okay. It's like, eaty, meaty,
1: miny. Okay, it's you. I think her confession also plays a part.
0: Well, yeah, but, like let's say she didn't confess here like yeah she could probably just say what well, was an accident you know sure the the razor turned off while falling like the you know the knob just switched
1: yeah but i think like,
0: like what this, this this didn't seem like the gotcha that conan presented it as
1: right like i know who the murderer is it's you um but the other part is uh, I think what we're tra- supposed to get out of this is that what she says, like at the end of the episode, she's like, "Oh, I want to kind of regain my human heart." So she could have gone on with the charade and said it was an accident, but I think at this point she just felt way too guilty, especially like after Conan slash Kogoro explain what would happen with the maid.
0: Meanwhile, while this is all happening, Tamaki's pleading with Megari to let him pass, and kind of runs past him.
1: Meguri can't catch him? I mean, he's super athletic.
0: So, Yoko says, Stupid girl, even if she hid the bull, we all, all we have to do is count the number, and we would have found out right away. If Hikari didn't do such needless things, I wouldn't have been suspected to start with. However, disagrees, he already had suspicions, as she had the phone in her left hand when the maid left the room... But she was holding it in her right hand when the lights came back on. Like,
1: okay, this is Okay, me.
0: like, you've never switched hands while talking? Like, I do that all the time. And I, oh, I
1: do it all the time. Like, I
0: don't murder somebody.
1: I'm just like, oh, one of my ears is starting to hurt, so I'll switch it to the other side.
0: Yeah, okay, girl. Women love the talk. I don't think you understand. <laughs> they really love to talk. Additionally, she came into the bathroom with Hakaru to make sure that she didn't get electrocuted. And he says that if Conan didn't stop Tamaki, she would have. And she says he's correct. She promised Chiaki that she'd look after Tamaki. four years ago. Before the accident, Chiaki told Yoko not to let her son turn out like her husband. At the time, she didn't know what she meant. However, she was like, well, she said some bad shit about her husband and constantly complained about him to me. I guess I'll marry him. <laughs>
1: I mean, I had a crush on him back in the day, so I'll just do it now. Like, whatever, 25 years later.
0: Uh, after she found Chiaki's journal, she finally understood what she meant. She said the man was a pervert who would fool around with any girl he saw. He made Chiaki get drunk and caused her death. And there's this awesome photo of the doctor with, like, 20 different bitches.
1: <laughs> it's like, <laughs> this
0: dude is cool. Rest in peace to a real one.
1: This is like what Kogro could become. It's quite scary.
0: Koguro asks her to hand herself in and she calls him generous. And he's like, you don't get it. It's not for your sake. It's for Hikaru. And he doesn't want her to know that she actually killed the doctor by raising the breaker. Tomaaki overhears this and Koguro tells her to confess by saying she used drugs to make her husband fall asleep in the tub. Put a cord with a timer on it to electrocute him and then retrieved it when the lights were out. She agrees and says, I still don't wish to lose that person's heart. Okay. Uh, okay.
1: (laughs) They're doing a lot of assuming here. So they're assuming, like, you know, by process of elimination, it's the wife that killed the husband. They're also assuming that the maid would totally be, you know, crushed if she realized that she killed somebody. But... I don't know, maybe she wanted the guy dead cuz he was kind of mean to her. Well,
0: she's already the type. She's already the type to like apologize 20 times before she's even done anything wrong. Um, and maybe maybe she had a, a bigger element before than just pissing herself like the translation said. So there might be some reason not to upset her. But uh this is a goodwill gesture. It reminded me of the last uh that spider episode because like he didn't want the little kids um learning that the guy was a murderer so they mm-hmm. just said oh he went back to america he's fine and so like uh it's nice to see that uh he's putting that into consideration once in a while
1: yeah yeah it's pretty groundbreaking um that they
0: it's also illegal, because <laughs> he's, he's like, yeah, we're gonna lie about how this actually happened, and uh, we'd be in deep shit too, but uh, pretty please?
1: Yeah, well, especially Meguri, because he's also in on it.
0: After the ending song, Tamaki asks Ron to tell Koguro something. Conan believes it's a marriage proposal, and he imagines them as bride and groom. However, he apologizes for how he was earlier, he says that if Kogoran eats anything from now on, he'd be happy to help. And Conan's so relieved. And then Ron gets embarrassed and she's like, can I ask you something? And Conan's like, oh no. And she says, if it's okay with you, the handmade sweater,
1: can I borrow it for a while? <laughs> and
0: he's like, sure, you're weird. I don't want to marry you.
1: Did you see that coming?
0: Not the sweater, no.
1: How could I? (laughs) It's so random. Like, I thought she was, uh, like I said earlier, I thought it was going to be like, okay, she recognized him from school and that's why she kept staring at him. But uh, no, I had, like, I did not see the sweater subplot.
0: (laughs) We then see Ron looking at the knitting pattern at her mom's house while working on her own sweater. Eri sees what she's doing and said... And she said that she liked the pattern on it, so she's copying it. Eri says it's a complicated pattern and offers to fix a part she messed up. But Ron says she has to do it herself. Eri says, well, I've already made you two sweaters. (laughs) And I'm going to charge this person that wears this a tutoring fee. And she says, come on, he's working hard too. Referring to Shinichi. And Eri embarrasses her daughter by saying it's getting warm in here. Before Ron leaves, Eerie tells her to take the sweater she made as they're cluttering up her office. What do you think about this random-ass Eerie cameo (laughs) here? I thought it was nice to see her again. We haven't seen her in a bit.
1: Oh, for sure. It's always nice to see Eerie, and it's nice that uh, that's what Ron ended up doing. Like, we find out that's what she's been doing all these evenings, is learning how to knit from her mom. Um, And, like... The show never fails to make Ari out to be like this perfect person. Like, of course, she can knit two sweaters perfectly in like whatever in a matter of a week. I don't know how long this has been going on, but yeah. Plus, she has like all of her work and her practice to worry about. But yeah, she's just awesome.
0: I told you women, they know how to multitask. That's right. She's going over legal documents while knitting, (laughs) while also talking on the phone.
1: She's in court talking to the judge, you know, defending her uh, client and knitting these sweaters.
0: So later on, Ron asks Nietzsche if if he's wearing the sweater that she gave him. And we see Conan wearing the comically large sweater on him. And she's pleased that he likes it. And she starts to laugh, but won't tell him why. And that's when we see that Kogoro is wearing the sweater that Yuri made. So that's kind of nice. He got, yeah. He, yeah, he doesn't know it, but he's wearing a gift from his wife. And knowing her, she probably meant it to be that way, too.
1: Okay, good. I, I agree. Like, I think she also made it for Kogoro. The, the other one um is worn by Agasa, but I, I think that was an accident. Like, I don't know if she made it specifically for Agasa.
0: Wow, Agasa is a very large man. Yeah, know. she would have had to
1: get the size right.
0: I didn't notice that Agasa had one on, too. That's funny.
1: Yeah. I, I, and, like, Ko- I can't read Conan's uh, expression whether he was, like, shy about it that like he was duped by, in, this entire time by the fact that Ron was actually you know making a sweater for him instead of i guess whatever he thought like she was doing um or if he was like annoyed that the sweater was too large and he's like I want to be you know my regular size so I can wear this like I'm not quite sure but it was very cute
0: yeah so the next kind of intent is the sound of fireworks And the next podcast, I have the episode we just did written down. So we're probably not going to do that next.
1: Yeah, let's do it all over again. That
0: That would be a nightmare. All right. So next time we're doing another two-parter, the revival of the dying message part one and part two. So that's exciting.
1: Yeah. I mean, dying messages are always very intriguing.
0: So be on the lookout for that. But before we leave you, Colleen, uh, give us your overall thoughts on the episode.
1: I enjoyed it. Um, It wasn't maybe, like, the best mystery trick we've seen, but it caught my attention. Uh, I did remember the ending to this case being something that we don't see normally in uh, Detective Conan, if ever, the fact that they, you know... Purposely went with like this whole different story to protect somebody else. Uh, it's just unheard of and it's groundbreaking. And um, it's yeah, it's very memorable. <laughs> That's certainly what I thought of about it. Um, I uh, also didn't realize the first time watching this that uh, Tomoki's character actually comes back. So, uh, like spoiler, I guess. I'm not sure if anybody else felt that he was, you know, had potential to come back, but I certainly didn't. And he actually plays a pretty pivotal role down the line. Um, like it's just interesting how his character gets uh, incorporated into the uh, the main plot later on. Um,
0: yeah, we've seen plenty of him.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed the Shinichi Ron. Subplot going on. I thought that was really entertaining. Uh, Conan's jealousy was just so funny and cute. Kogoro had some great moments um, at the beginning of the episode. Actually, just to go back to like the Shinichi stuff, uh, I always like talk about how um, Shinichi. Nobody at school talks about Shinichi, but Ron made a point to say like, "Oh, everybody at school's worried about you." So I was like, "Oh, yes." So I guess people are talking about him in class. So that was a nice touch also to kind of just show that, okay, there is like a school life going on and people are wondering where Shinichi is. It's not like, oh, okay, well, we just forgot about him or whatnot. Um, so yeah, I really liked how those elements were weaved into the larger plot. I loved the Airy cameo. I thought it was really smart uh, to have her be... Sort of, like, the person teaching Ron how to knit instead of like Ron just going to some random like knitting class. Uh, it was also a good way to have like the whole like Kogro getting a sweater thing. So, yeah, I thought there was a lot of good stuff happening in this episode. Um, and uh, the, the murder itself was pretty impactful. Like, I think this is the first time we've seen someone get electrocuted um to death so yeah overall i thought it was, uh, it was a pretty good episode
0: yeah good episode i really liked it uh you know the comedy was real on point like i was saying earlier uh the sweater twist was real cool i liked seeing uh ron's mom again i thought that was great and well like the overall plot was kind of uh, a bit just like the, who the killer was was a bit uh easy to pick up on cuz obviously is gonna be the woman but also like nobody else really had like just seemed obvious when she was ranting about it almost seemed too obvious usually when counting goes like that obvious they usually do a switch up so maybe it wasn't as obvious, you know but like there wasn't that like oh we tricked you you thought it'd be this person but no, it just wound up being <laughs> that person and you were like oh okay but um yeah i like the episode good two-parter And it has some interesting implications in the future. we got another exciting two-parter next time. So, fun things all around, Colin.
1: Yeah. And uh, we see Sonico uh, next time. So, that'll be fun.
0: My queen. (laughs) So, we'll be back next week with Sonico. Now I'm excited. And uh, we'll talk to you then. Bye.
1: Bye. And remember, one truth always prevails.